We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, And I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Everybody, welcome in to the Backliners podcast. Uh, Agro joined by Barracuda, as per usual. And Barra, there's no reason to beat around the bush here, okay? <laughs> you guys, um, you had a tough week at the office. So, yeah, we did. So, so to speak. Um, for context, if you've missed the SPL games up until this point, you're listening um, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you can find your podcasts. Um, the Renegades uh, had a great game one. Up against um, up against Radiance today on Sunday, um, game two. In my mind, I think you guys got away from your identity a little bit and, and what was mm-hmm. causing you some success, and and that happens. And you guys fixed it in the draft in game three. Got off mm-hmm. to a red hot start. I was looking forward to eating because I hadn't eaten before the first set. I knew I was off the second set, so I was like, "Yes, dude, I'm going to be able to eat soon. This is going to be great." And then and, uh... that was about. Okay, hey, wait, I'll be honest with you. Let me let me tell you the story from my perspective. Oh, yeah. Mackenzie came up to me when I was at my desk, my dog, at around 16 minutes. And I was like, yeah, this game will be over soon enough. I'll pick her up and then I'll have her on my lap for when it comes out to me. She sat on my lap from minute 16 <laughs> to minute 48. She sat there for a long time without getting bored. And then You're welcome. I put her down. 
And the game lasted another almost 20 minutes from that point. 63-minute game. Um, first of all, how are you feeling mentally? You know, you're, uh, you're locked in still? You're feeling good? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a roller coaster because you're like, ah, it's fine. I don't really have to sweat it too much. Like, it's just a normal season game. And then whenever you actually... <laughs> Are just like AFK in the brand, you're just sitting there. Like it'll just pop in your mind like any of the misplays that you made or your teammate. You're like, dear God, like how did we actually lose that game? Like that is so embarrassing that thousands of people watched us do that. <laughs> like <laughs> so many people watched that. Yeah, Chad, happen. you know like that moment in high school that you said that one thing that like sometimes <laughs> when you're going to bed, you like think about it, your brain's like, hey, remember this? And you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Like, at least there weren't thousands of people <laughs> likely watching. I'm a big believer in uh, in laughter as part of the healing. So uh, hopefully it you is. feel the same, John. Um, you have to kind of just laugh at yourself and laugh at your team not in the moment, but after by yourself, you just kind of have to like laugh off the pain because if you sit there and dwell on it, it will destroy you. Because that's what happened last year, and it's just <laughs> a learning experience. Dude. You know, now you know. Yeah, my mental state or my mental fortitude is way stronger this year because of how much of a beatdown that I received last year, and I think that's why right now I'm not really affected by it tonight when I go to sleep. <laughs> You know, I, I might not go to sleep tonight. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, but, well, I mean, there's just so many misplays that we made and they made. I mean, yeah. they, they ended up winning the game, but they did not play well either. Both of us were just, like, kind of panicking in-game. I mean, both teams, like, in the game, I was like, what are they doing? And then several times they were probably like, what are they doing? Like, yeah why are they making this play? And I was like, why are they doing this? Like, this is so bad. Like, and then that just kept happening for like 63 minutes. <laughs> that and was unreal, man. I just like, I, I just didn't know what to say at some point. Like, not only is it 60 minutes long, but it's like, <laughs> all I'm waiting to do is be like, well, who am I criticizing next? Cause they just entered and threw the game. Like, I feel like I, I gave, I sprinkled them out to everyone that said because yep. everyone at some point deserved it i do want to ask um i do want to ask okay. when you all die except for jake and solo i think it, it mm -hmm. was jake and someone else was alive it was when you would you were sieging solo side phoenix and then jake walks into mid and alts to get the mid phoenix it wasn't mm -hmm. until that point that i registered that in the game what should have been the game ending fight jake hadn't pressed his four button how yes. hard was it for you to keep mentally checked in at that point? Like how I like I don't know if you heard me on the cast, but I was like, Jake has alt still? Like, what is happening? Like I literally lost my mind because I couldn't believe that he still had alt. Yeah. Um, that is a very big me and Vin and Roe raging at Jake several times when he plays Fafnir that he will Wait for a very, very, very long time to ult in some fights in particular. And that was like when I told you we banned him from playing Fafnir. Yeah. That was why. Right. Because there was a few fights. It was like first week that we played Fafnir, I think. And he just didn't press four. And we were like, 
Jake, you have no buttons for five seconds. Yeah. You have a button that gets all your buttons back up. And they're better. Just, yeah, and they're better. <laughs> and just, oh, and he also never upgraded his two until like level 12. Not today, right? Like, no, not today. He's a new okay. man. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he still buffs himself sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. We're learning. <laughs> We're new, but learning. Yeah. And, I realized that in game, and I was like, I'm just pushing away. Like they can go for the end. Like <laughs> please, please, God, in the game. Like I don't know what's about to happen, but we just kind of threw, and I was, I, I didn't focus on it at all. Like it was in my head for like half a second, and then it was just like, okay, please, end the game. Like I believe in you guys. And then we actually could have ended the game there, but Jake didn't reset the Titan. He jumped in on the Titan again. Um, instead of resetting it, which, I mean, in the moment, like, I don't know how many That's players, hard. like, jumping out, like, and resetting the Titan to, like, play around, like, your cooldowns. And then someone backed after that. I don't remember who it was. Um, oh, God, I don't remember either. I think Adapting backed at some point. I think Adapting was first, and then there was someone else. Yeah, and then Big Man backed. Because they yeah. left Cyclone to try and solo end. Um, mm -hmm. But he didn't have the damage. And then I, re I was that the time I flew out of base? Yeah, yeah, you flew after him, I, and, and you were playing it real slow. I was. I really wanted to play it fast, but he had enough mana for one button. And if he presses his steroid, and I press all my buttons and dash into him, I think he had both his relics as well. I'm not 100 percent sure. He didn't have one of them, but I think it was beads. I think he had Aegis, but no beads, if I remember correctly. Because basically, in my head, I was like. If he has enough mana for one uh, steroid, if I dash it on him and he crits me, I already start Poison Start. Right. And then if he crits me again off of that, like if he gets two auto attacks and just pops a steroid on my dash, then I just get crit twice. And I'm down 800 there. And you had relics I don't know, though, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my play is to like, what, dash it in Aegis' steroid? Like, yeah. It's like, I really, like, in the moment, I was like, I really want to go for this. And it took a lot of discipline for me not to just fly above him and just all in him and play it like it's a scrim. Right, like play but behind I, him. Yeah, and we knew that Aurora was coming, I think. Mm -hmm. Aurora was there like five seconds later. I could have flown. Like, if I fly to solo lane, he can cut through speed buff and go that way. So I end up flying low side and just chase him through the jungle whichever way he went. But then I think I missed two autos. I think he missed two autos. And we kind of trade evenly and just walked away. I don't even think he pressed a button either. I don't know if he used arrows or not. Um, but I was like, if I if I crit him more than he crits me, or if I hit a lot more auto attacks, I will just chase him down and win, um, win the fight. But it, I really, really, really wanted to just dive him. Like, yeah, I was surprised you didn't. If only to just end the game one way or the other. You know, sometimes yeah. <laughs> I think, like at some point, I'm kind of surprised you didn't just be like. This game, you know, I'm going to end this game one way or the other. I'm going <laughs> to lose this and, and we're going to lose and that's on me then. And I think that that would just be like my mentality. Like I almost just want to end it by making the play or we can at least put the blame on me afterwards. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. At that point, like you've already made so many mistakes and people are like beginning to be a little tilted in comms. Like no one's like they raging were, or anything. They were you, only tell, like, you guys were only a little tilted at that point. You guys are mentally strong. That's yeah, impressive. Yeah. You could feel the tilt building. Yeah. It was just the little, like, more... The moments of silence were beginning to build 
more frequently sure. and people were beginning to be a little bit more angry in comms, a little more tiltable, a little bit. It was just like the, that thing just started to pop up more and more often. Um, and One then, time I'm cast, I audibly sighed at some point. I forget exactly <laughs> when it was. Maybe it was when Solo chased adapting down while you guys were doing oh, fire. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, right after Solo died, he was like, oh my god, I entered, like, why did I do that? And and then off of, like, I don't even think his death was that bad, because he got Rajinal and he got Cuckoo Blink. Like, we caught off sieging Solo Phoenix there, which was so bad by us. Like, there was no reason for us not to go Solo Phoenix there, in my opinion. I don't know why we they, called it off in You game. guys had gotten another pick, right? Like, I, I think it was Aurora was dead. Uh, Aurora was dead. Yeah. yeah, for a little bit, so you were sieging four on four and, with no Rajinal. And I think Cyclone might have, like, misclicked his ult or something, because right when we got there, I got Rama shot. Like, and I was like, what is happening? I don't Dude, know if he, he was, was doing that me. every fight. He was starting every fight by ulting Ven at the very beginning. Ven started every <laughs> single fight, like, 40% health. And, and he was hitting everything. You got to give him credit. I mean, little shades of Season 3 Barracuda out there, if I say so myself. Maybe Ven should just be dodging better? Yeah, Ven did... Okay, I did it one point. I mean... I did it one point, see, he gets Ven gets sniped, the fir, the opening shot. You guys are sieging Solo Phoenix, one of the seven times you did. Ven gets sniped, <laughs> and Ven's reaction was to then bomb a roar and put himself in, like, lock himself in place. And Cyclo literally just double shot him from there. And then Ven dashed, and I think that was the fight... Where you had to alt out, where Benji like got a really good blink off, insta killed Ven. Mm-hmm. You had to alt out. Like it was literally all because Ven bombed when he got I was wondering. Stuffed. I was wondering why Ven got so low in that fight because like once I ulted, I was like, dear God, we just lost the game. Like yeah. I don't know what happened to Ben. I don't know what happened to me. Like both of us are just dead. I don't know what did so much damage to you right there, but it, it was yeah. Like, it was I, Ven. I know got sniped. I might have gotten hit by the first shot. I'm not sure, because I remember getting chased by adapting as well, I think. Well, Aurora had a lot of damage. You probably got Terra ulted. He had Divine and Deso, I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. by the end of that game. So he was like, those Terra ults were like half-elfing you at the very least. Yeah. He, he almost soloed me under one Phoenix. I think it was Duo Phoenix. I don't know if it was that game in particular, because I think he played Terra all three games. Yeah, he played Terra all three games. I don't think he, I don't think it was that game, but because they didn't siege Phoenix until mm, you yeah. guys were like all dead. Yeah. Um, but but that was about it. I don't know. That was like that was crazy, dude. Did you, that that Aurora ult was doing so much damage. Cyclone was like starting fight every single fight with Ramal. Every single fight just started with it. But mm-hmm. I feel like at that point, if if you see the enemy's ADC like starting with Ramal, like isn't that just the guy we insta dive? Like I don't know. Raijin makes it so hard to kill any backliner because he just yeah. does so much damage. And their their team. Their front line, I think, kills our back line faster than our front line kills their back line. So, maybe yeah, we're talking about game three. Um, yeah. Game three was just... Those team fights, like, once we got to even, we had to play so much more intelligently in fights. Like, up until, like, 30 minutes, we were kind of just YOLOing and kind of going for, like, the over-aggressive plays uh, just because we had a lead. That's kind of just how we play. Um, but once we got even... I was like, dear God, their team comp is terrifying because I cannot live the terror ult. I can get one shot by Hoombots. Yep. If I get Cuckoo blinked on, I just have to dash the knockup or Aegis the knockup because then if I don't do anything off the knockup, I die. 
and it was their team comp was really hard to play against in team fights. I mean, even on even then, we were still winning a few of the team fights because their front line a lot of times was overextending a little bit, um, yeah. or my front line would play it slow enough to where we could kill their front line, and then come back. Oh yeah, there was one fight. There was one time we were chasing them up solo lane. Um, it was three of them. Hoombots didn't have all forever, and then Rama and Ryzen were like pretty low mana. And me oh, yeah, and, ben and then Cyclone, have... like, rolled by your in-lane by the blue, right? He kind of, like, rolled out? Yeah. Yeah, and we we didn't have beads on me or Vin, and we didn't know when Adapting's ult was back up. And we didn't get we didn't want to get one shot and just crit RNG, but I'm pretty sure we should have just YOLO'd. I mean, it's so hard to make that call in-game, because, like, right. if you YOLO, I think we were three squishy people into a crit ADC. So, like, if he gets a Wind Demon proc, like, he's basically steroiding anyways. Right. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty sure we should have played that way more aggressive. And then I don't even remember game two or game one, honestly. Like those were just like <laughs> uh, game one. Blurred. Jake played Ymir and popped off. Um, oh yeah, and, he and played Ven, so well. And then Ven popped off that game two on Raijin. Mm-hmm. Um, those two like were popping. And then and last had a good game as well. And mm-hmm. game two, adapting got really far ahead. Last got really far behind. Adapting was playing Thor. And oh. you guys like had a chance to win that game, but you didn't have beads and were on fire. And then you got one <laughs> shot. Um, <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I'm gonna just say, uh-huh. ten seconds before that, I said hunt Thor. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, 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 we, someone was hunting. We were up there by their blue buff, and I said very loudly, hunt Thor, hunt Thor. And so, like, I assume my frontline will let me know Thor's ulting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had to have been in range to, like, be heard. Right? I had... I had... <laughs> nothing. <laughs> there was nothing that was, like, Thor's ulting. My finger wasn't even on my Aegis key because I was so ready for the other people to engage on me, like, their frontline. Right. And I just get Thor darts, and I'm like... I, I think I audibly raged at something. I think I just let out, like, a noise or, like... I instant like scared stress you. relief. Yeah, it yeah, probably so like, scared you. Yeah, it jump scared you. I was, I was gonna I was say like, I'm surprised you didn't like. I, I was. I don't know if I said it on the cast or not, but I was like, Barrow really shouldn't die. Like I know he doesn't have beads, but like you had Jingle, you had Aegis. Yeah, so, like, I, I had and Aegis. So like, I'm I was, surprised you didn't immune it. But yeah, if you didn't get the call, I just, uh, there was also another time I played super aggro into Cyclone and left. I. It was one of the Heim games, and like I could have soloed him if I ulted. Oh yeah, if it was, I trust game one. It was game one. Myself to, yeah, game if I trust one. myself to the auto attack, I could have ulted. No, I think it was game two because I think that was the game where adapting ran it. I think um, it was like I'm thinking of the, five or six. I was thinking of the fight where Jake came and like walled off his portal. Oh, him. that was a different time. Yeah, yeah, that was like. I didn't. I couldn't tell where your alt went. Like it went in a weird direction, and like didn't yeah, me either. Time like I closed my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I hope this works. You know, fingers crossed. <laughs> eyes closed. Like I don't know. It's it's just Heim, bro. That character is I, nuts. Okay, so now he's competitively viable. We saw him picked mm-hmm. like almost every game. Um, that character is nuts, right? Like he's got to mm-hmm. be. I I it, I think he that is, in team really fights. Can. Here's here's I'm curious to see what you think about this. I think in team fights, Haim is the safest hunter in the game. I think he's safer than mm-hmm. Jing. Do you agree? Yeah, it. I yeah, 
I'd say they're on the same level. I would say they're on the same playing field because sometimes in your ult you can just die because the post cast is like three years for some reason. Yeah. And I've died several times in high molt post cast because you're just like sitting there like, yeah. <laughs> I got a wide Don't know why it's taking so long to recover from this thing, but I, yeah, can't press anything. Oh, right. Uh, uh, Barracuda asking for Heim buffs, everybody. Interesting. Yeah, that guy's terrible. Um, I think if you have good three placement, which at this point all pro, pro ADCs have good three placement and know when to aggressively use the three and when to def defensively use the three. Ulting in team fights is a little difficult sometimes. Because, um, I mean, obviously you can just ult a frontliner and toodaloo, like, I'll see you later. Right. Um, and then sometimes, like, when you're getting aggress on, I think Heimel's really hard to use. Because using it out of a fight and using it to escape feels really bad. I don't know if other ADCs feel that way, but every time I use Heimel to get away, I did just feel so bad in the team fight. Like, Sure. That's like a potential like thousand damage that you're missing out on, but I guess you can't. I mean, you can't use it aggressively, right? Because if you use it aggressively, you'll most likely die in the postcast, or unless you're, you have to like pre three them and then ult to that spot, and hopefully you hit them on the spot and then teleport out. Um, I mean, not saying Heim is a bad god by any means, that's, but that's pretty sick. I didn't think about that interaction. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good way. I've do done it a few times. It feels pretty good. Um, but Dude, it's very how hard many to do. Times it, it, I was losing my mind the other day when. PK, you know what's crazy is that your your throw today was in my mind equally as bad as PK's throw the other day where they had the the Afro Kali comp and they were up like they only oh, had one God. Phoenix they were up like nine K or something like that mm -hmm. but that comp was just like so broken late game like there's no way that comp should ever lose late game they had mm -hmm. Kepri Kali Afro like how do you literally ever win a team fight late game against that comp Sanguine found a way Wait, Sanguine found a way. Yeah, that was that was PK versus Sanguine. Um, and oh, Sanguine found a way, a way to win. Yeah, oh, okay, Sanguine sorry. found a way to win those team fights. Like it, it was just yeah. like so. It was so crazy because Cubo got one shot by Netrioid on Heim like three really fights sick. in a row. Like Netrioid. Okay, here's what I'll say. Netrioid played those fights absolutely perfectly, like literally mm -hmm. perfectly. But if Cubo plays not even perfectly, but like well it wouldn't matter and that's why mm -hmm. that composition is so strong late game and when we're talking especially like for me on cast when i'm like this team should win with this fight or or should win with this mm -hmm. comp or whatever obviously there's wiggle room to like for for mistakes but the bare the floor for that composition should be so high but mm -hmm. they they stomped right through it they went to the basement man they 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 found a way to go beyond the ground floor and get lower <laughs> By just like was that the game where Paul built defense on Afro? Yeah, or was I that think like last? So. I, I think he built like winged one and breastplate. I don't know if that was this week or last week. Yeah, I think he did. And like, dude, Fred kept dying to Heim knock up, and it's like, man, if only there was some way. <laughs> if only there was something in my kit, not even the beat that he had, by the way. <laughs> but if only there was something in my kit that made me knock up immune. Something like a giant AoE circle of damage that made me knock up immune and unable to die at the exact same time. Then I could That's counterplay this Heimdall. But unfortunately, yeah. as Kali, I don't have that. Like, I don't know. I'm just losing it. And it's, it doesn't make sense because Fred is like so... Fred makes the most mechanical plays that, like, impress me. Almost always. Yeah. Like, he makes so many so impressive mechanical plays to me that like it just it just blew my mind. I kind of tilted. Mm -hmm. I've been getting tilted time... on casting recently. 
that was my therapy session. I don't know. I feel oh, like no, sorry. I'll listen. I'll listen. Yeah. I was gonna talk, but like yeah, no, no, no. no you, my you turn go. now. Okay. I've been getting. Okay. I've been killed. I've been getting tilted on cast recently. I don't know what it is. Like, I feel like everyone is getting so good that maybe my expectations are like going too high or something like that. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I'm just like getting annoyed when I'm watching bad plays, and I gotta like, ment- I gotta mentally reset, dude. I gotta, I gotta hit the beach. Define bad play. Not even like like would you say okay, say your example of Cubo blinking. Sure. Would you want him to blink to ult, blink stunnel, or just blink ult? Blink ult. Okay, the first time it happens to you. <laughs> you realize how troll that would be? Cubo blink ults, Heim just threes away, and he's like, peace, dude. Well no, Heim didn't have beads, so if you blink ult three, the ult doesn't have like that big of a wind up, right? Or or you could even pre ult. Like I if you if you don't have like a decent wind up, didn't it? Or like a I mean, it's not like it's not, a, right? yeah, it's not super. There is some post fire, I think. I don't know. I don't play that much, Kali, mm-hmm. but like you could even pre alt and then and then pre alt them blink. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Why not? You need the knock of immunity. No Kali player is ever pre ulting. What do you diving. mean, dude? Every Willix no player way. in the SPL, every single Willix player in the SPL pre ults before they blink now. That's like, a different god. What? Okay, you're also doing that for a Hydra's proc, right? Yeah, and but also like, because they're also unreliable. Because if you just ultimate in a team fight, you're still like, suck. <laughs> suck. <laughs> Cherry says he should have just bought Magi as, in, as Kali versus Heim. That certainly yeah, works as well. Uh, but man, uh, I don't allows know. allows you to play it how you want, right? Like, right. That that gives you, you like, that takes here. away their counterplay, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think I just need to like, I think it's quarantine, bro. I think it's poisoning my brain. Yeah, because if like you're only watching Smite and you just expect every week to be like perfection, especially, I I mean my example would be like players like Cyclone. I feel like Cyclone is at like half of his skill level right now. Yeah, I just feel like he should be so much better than he is. Um, and their duo lane in particular, like they're I don't know why they're just playing the way that they are. Um, feel like they're so much better than they yeah, are. Ben like Benji like has. Yeah. Played so poorly around ganks these last two weeks, like, or at least this week, like, Sam and Fine got super fed off of him. You guys got mm-hmm. super fed off of him. That's, like, so uncharacteristic for him to, uh, to, like, get caught like that. Uh, I, it might be, like, an online thing. Maybe. I mean, that's certainly part of it, right? And that actually leads really well into the discussion that I wanted to go over today because playoffs are coming up. Mm-hmm. And... I wanted to talk about the difference between regular season play and like an event like like MSI, but we can start with like online versus LAN. Obviously, ping's a big deal, blah blah blah. But I feel like that that mentality is like super different, right? It's like it's like me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could I can talk about it for me honestly because I'm working from home from the office. Like it's so much harder for me to focus and like get locked into a game and like really feel like I'm, I'm seeing everything that I want to see from home because like I spend all my time in this freaking chair, you know, like that, <laughs> that's what I do. Like when I'm, when I'm in the studio, when I'm a little bit too cold because like they put the AC on too high and like I'm grumpy because someone ate my, the last of my favorite like snack bar that we have there. Like that's when I cast my best baby. Like that's when I'm locked in. Yeah. And I'm ready to go. Like it's, I don't know. It's just hard mentally for me to get to get set. Do you guys feel the same way about playing? Hundred um, percent. Atmosphere is a big part of. Oh, it's like tryhardness, which sounds bad because everyone's trying as hard as they can, 
But when you actually play at LAN, your mental state's just different. I don't know why. It's just... You're just more focused, I guess? Or more aware of all your... Everything that's happening in-game? Maybe? I, I don't know. It's hard to... Like, put it to a definition. But it's... Just, I guess it's just more casual to play online. And yeah. to play from your home. And, like, I don't have to move... I don't have to like unplug my mouse and keyboard, drive to a land setting. I don't get to see all my teammates, and we don't get to all like have like a pregame ritual and just kind of get together and hang out and just, I guess, like get in the zone there. Yeah. And also, land games are just different. Like, there's there's ranked, uh-huh. there's scrims, there's online, like professional play, and then there's land. And there's like worlds like that is really that. funny that you went top to bottom there, by the way, because that makes it seem like ranked is the highest level of play you <laughs> could possibly have. Then there's scrims. And I was like, yeah, OK, I thought you were going to go like ranked, then scrims below that, <laughs> then professional right. play above that. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, scrims being the lowest, of course. But yeah, yeah it's different. Or the, uh, yeah, top. Top. oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, top for you, like, the <laughs> bottom for some reason. I don't know, like, I think it's it's something about, it's got to be, I mean, there's I'm sure there's, like, some actual science behind it, because mm-hmm. I know there have been studies and that kind of stuff about, like, how you sleep very differently when you're in your bed versus not in your bed. Like, that's why even if you're somewhere comfortable, like a hotel, you still get worse sleep than you would in your own bed, because your brain is, like, st- your brain is very used to your setting, but it has to be like attentive and locked in at all times, even when you're asleep in a, in a different setting. And it's gotta be the same at land, right? Like at land there's your brain is kind of on high alert, like all the time Mm -hmm. you're you're, it's built better. You know, you're, you're, it's doing the thing to like get more information to you. Whereas at home Mm -hmm. you're like relaxed. Yeah. It just feels more casual. I mean, it still feels like, it just feels like a step or like two or three steps ahead of scrims or like more try hard than scrims. Um, I mean, everyone's still like super focused, but there's still like that missing piece of attention span. I don't know if it's attention. I don't know what it is. I don't know if other team or other pro players feel like that, feel that way, but there's just something missing. I don't know if it's me thing or like a team thing or like just a pro player in general thing. But it just feels like I'm not 100% there. Yeah. But at LAN, I would be. I, I don't know. Maybe it's some brain chemistry thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm stupid. <laughs> no, I think it is brain chemistry, for sure. I think, like, it's harder to get locked in. Sam for soccer in the chat said that he agreed that online is just, like, way harder to get focused. Fine, okay. Mm-hmm. Also in the chat, flexing that he sleeps better in other people's beds. Or he sleeps really well <laughs> in other people's beds. Rub it in, man. I don't know. I got... Uh, proud of you i suppose (laughs) um so yeah so if that's like the land versus online difference we don't necessarily have to break it down like land versus online event but if you if you want to you certainly can like how different is for you especially when it's in the same place like obviously having to travel that that brings another level of hype and that kind of stuff but like msi in studio or in this case like msi in your bedroom how different does that feel to play in? Do you feel like it, it, it has more, like, gravitas at all? Do you feel any more pressure? What? MSI is in my bedroom. 
<laughs> hey man, that's what's happening. If you guys, if you guys win next week and, and United lose, then it'll be MSI in your bedroom or whatever, you know, your office. For me, it's my bedroom. Um, I'm going to be casting MSI from my spare bedroom. I think playing playoffs would just not feel as real, I guess, if I was playing a playoffs. Um, it just wouldn't feel as real slash official. It would just feel like I'm just, I happen to be playing my online matches for money. Like, that. I think that would be the only difference for me is just there might be some money on the line. And which I think for all my teammates, it'd kind of just be like, a day like just as usual as everything else like yeah, i think it would just feel completely normal i think it would kind of take away a lot of the tournament experience um and just the overall feel and overall hype from it from a pro player's perspective but i feel like viewers would still get like hyped about it but i feel like as a pro player it just wouldn't feel like as official and feel as real yeah i guess what about in studio, but, like last season's MSI? Um, I don't think I was there. Oh, you definitely weren't there. No, I shouldn't have asked that. Um, all right, well, <laughs> you know, uh, you've been a, <laughs> you've been MSI before, or like a, a spring final or something like that. You know, you've been to things like that in the past. Like, how different? Uh, worlds, obviously, its own thing. Like, mm-hmm. Worlds very different. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, about, talking like, about like the little lands. Yeah, like the little the, lands. The, those were always a ton of fun. Like at the old studios where you guys had like the the black like, curtains. Yeah, the black curtains were like it was like forty office chair or not office chairs, but whatever those like fold out chairs are. Whatever oh called. yeah, yeah, those things. Oh we man, you're talking setting. about that setup, dude. Yeah, and then there was. Was the one after that with the, like the I would say like stands? Are they called stands? Yeah, no, just no. Like... Bleachers were first. The bleachers were first. Okay. Yeah. Since I've worked at high res, by the way, chat, I got here. Uh, the summer of season three was when I cast started casting. I think mm-hmm. the in the the studio, the land studio, has gone through one, two, three, four. Five, I want to say five changes. I want really? to say I want to say five. Yeah, at least for us as casters. I think for you guys playing, it's been we had the bleacher setup. Which when I think of okay, so I've got like iconic moments from all of them in my mind. Mm-hmm. The bleacher setup that this for for you fans at home. End of season three was um was the bleacher setup, and I call it that because the stages were next to each other facing out they weren't facing against each other and we basically built out like bleachers and there were like some bean bags that kind of stuff it was very comfy very easy to fall asleep in there for sure and you would remember them best from um the uh the super regionals that year that was the mm-hmm. year where tricks and orbit um choked really bad didn't make it to worlds where Eager did make it to Worlds in a roar tackled Zap behind the behind the stages. <laughs> um, I think of that land for sure. Whenever I think of that 
that setup. And then the mm-hmm. next one was we put the stage, we put the teams playing against one another, like in the Terrible same room. Setup. Horrible setup. Horrible setup. Terrible. It was so easy to hear what each other were saying. You were talking direct, and there was like not a lot of space. There was exactly enough space for like one person to be able to walk in between the booths and and get like camera shots of people which was right up in your face like super awkward i'm sure for all the players yep. and i think of the xbox land there where soar uh choked away against the second seed eu team that was awful man they were so bad <laughs> and soar choked away worlds and sent myth there i believe that was season four and that was inbounds team and they and they eventually won worlds because sword choked away the easiest game they literally just had to beat this team that could like never win and then the team won it was incredible um and then after that i think we kept that setup for a little bit um we did too i think we kept that setup for a little bit and then we switched to uh, we brought it more like the the studio setups were a little bit more like in towards where we were casting i think but then they tore that apart without before anyone played in it, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. It's been a lot of changes. Um, anyway, I just remember the two, the biggest ones, which the ones you went over. And it was just such a treat to go to land and just, like, see everyone. Yeah. So at that point, it was, like, so relatively new to, like, see everyone and just, like, hang out with them and just, just talk smite. And it was just so cool to, like, sit with other people that you normally don't talk to on a daily basis and, like, just watch the games together on the giant screen. And can't really do that anymore, unfortunately, with a new setup, but it still feels like back then it just felt so cool to like just hang out with everyone and just be friends. Yeah, that was that was so much fun, man. Mm -hmm. Those early days for sure. And and I still have an absolute blast now. But the one I think really the only disadvantage of having everyone move here and be a land is that you lose a little bit of that. Like, oh, man, we're all together because now we're like Mm -hmm. all together all the time, which would matter a lot if we weren't quarantining. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, BetOnline. NASCAR is back, and BetOnline has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24-7, or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on BetOnline's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls' Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling The Final Dance. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so for those little lands, like for, for the pressure or something like that, oh, like, yeah. did it feel any different to play in those? Or was it just like, hey, I'm, I'm super stoked to see everybody. And then that's it. Mm, the ones that were just for money were never really like a big deal to me. Um, it was it felt really cool to play at land and felt really cool to be in front of everyone and to hang out with everyone. But pressure wise, it didn't really feel crazy or stressful or anything like I would always get nervous. I still always get nervous for every game. Once I get in the game, I'm fine. But Super Regionals and qualifying for Worlds is always the most stressful point of the year. Always. You are literally constantly thinking about Smite. The entire day is Smite for like a month, like a month and a half to two months, depending on the year. Like how many games we need to win to qualify for Worlds or what stakes we are at or what mental state our team's at, like what we need to do to prep ourselves for worlds and 
every time there was a Super Regionals land, it was so stressful. Just, especially like, there was one time season two against Eager. I think that went to five games. I don't know. I think our season three, we qualified. Yeah, season three was we qualified through uh, Orbit. Yep. And I don't remember season one. I think season one we auto qualified, right? Season one, I think there was a Super Regionals land, I want to say. Yeah, there. Uh, no, I'm thinking of season two. I think there was still one season one, but I can't I can't exactly remember. Um, I wasn't working then. I was I was just a fan watching. But I do remember going to uh, shout out to my fan to my friends, T Small and Candyman. They, I, I drove to their apartment uh, that they had at, at Kent State University. because That's where they went to college. And we watched we watched you guys win worlds and we were pogging off the whole time. That was just a lot nice. of fun. It was a good time. Um, I was going to say something. No, I can't remember. Go ahead. I just remember the Cog Red set because even during Dude, game one, we were so sure we Cog Red was going to win. We were so sure. We, I, I yeah. was so sure Cog Red was going to win. We were so sure that they weren't going to win. <laughs> <laughs> in in the set, like each game just got progressively easier, and we could tell that they weren't playing at their best for whatever reason. I still think Cog Red should have won that Worlds if they were playing at their peak. Sure. But for whatever reason, at that Worlds, they were just not playing that well, um, which happens to every team. Like yep. every team just goes through like ups and downs for whatever. Re- it's so weird. Why do teams do that? Like, because thinking is hard and emotional. It's like a team wide thing. Yeah. Like, it is. Like I think. I mean, you could say like Radiance is going through it right now. Like a team wide, like just not performing that well. It's. It's so weird. Like it's yeah. not like one player. It's just I feel like their whole team is just not playing up to their par and not playing up to where they should be. Yeah, and I think I that's a big thing for fans to like understand is that mm-hmm. winning worlds does not mean you were the best team that year necessarily. Yeah, it means you were like the PK, best team right? that weekend. Yeah, exactly. SK was not the best team last year. Or, yeah, they were the best team that weekend, and mm-hmm. that means they earned it. Like it doesn't matter. Yep. If, you know, anyone else says otherwise, they earned it. They were the best team that weekend. And that and that's what makes Worlds so sick. Like, I don't know, the League of Legends Worlds format and that kind of stuff where it's like, okay, you play here and then you wait a month and you go to the next stage and like all this kind of stuff. I'm like, that takes away from the drama a little bit, doesn't it? Like, yeah, that it's all it's all at once. And I just I'm just still so confused as to why it seems like the entire team just plays better sometimes. Like, just entire teams will just step up or step down for no reason, it seems. And it's all at the yeah. same time. I don't know. I don't like, know. If you, why, figure, like, if you figure it out, John, you're going to make a lot of money in the sports world. I can tell you that much. Does that happen to a sports team as well? Because oh, I don't, I don't really watch time. sports that much. All the time in sports, yeah. Especially, it's easier to see, I think, in sports that have smaller team sizes, like, mm-hmm. um, like the NBA. It's it's easier to see in basketball and that kind of stuff. By the way, for those of you listening, <laughs> Barra's cat. That's Luna, right? Yeah, yeah. She is <laughs> popping off right now. Just she's gassed up right yeah, now. She is stoked. But she's running all over the place, meowing up a storm. But like in the NFL, like that's fifty-two men on a team. Like it's kind of hard to you. You'll see individual breakdowns happen really, really frequently. But I feel like it spreads less 
in football, which is interesting. I don't know. That's actually a good thought. I want to follow up on that and look into that a little bit. Unfortunately, we are getting close to running out of time. So go ahead and finish your thought, and then we got to go over the most important part of the show. I was going to say for us, it happened in Cog Prime and LG for us, season one and season three, that we just played way better. That that Worlds, we just played way better for some reason. Yeah, it's... You can go on. Does it feel like... Okay, so you knew you were playing really well season three. Mm -hmm. Like, all all the whole Worlds. But mm-hmm. did you know that you were going to keep playing well? Like, I imagine at the end of the set, you go, wow, we played really sick. God, I hope we do that again. But I have no idea if it's going to happen. Like, it, it it doesn't feel like it's up to you. You know what I mean? It just happens before the game starts. You think like, so? You can tell? Yeah. Like, even I would say, like, our game three against Radiance. Like, loading in, like, I mean, we still lost. We threw, like, and did sure. a lot of place, But... The first 20 minutes was just so so much confidence and so much power by us, and it just felt so good. And then the same thing happened in Game 2 against PK, um, where Vin was just, like, on top of it. Like, yeah. he was just popping off, and like, I think he soloed Paul and was just yep. playing, like, super confidently. Like, everyone was just playing super confidently. It's so, it's so nice to see those moments in a new team of just everyone just gassed up and just focused and playing really well I mean, we're still making a lot of mistakes but <laughs> hey that's let me let me throw this hair tie real quick yeah no problem okay. she, she's gonna love that okay. um have you ever been wrong have you ever felt like yes this is gonna be sick and then it just goes all wrong season two against uh, game against, five yep when yemen ro- rotated over and quadra killed you guys yeah uh well, that happened game one, but we ended up winning that game. Oh, I was think. that game one? I thought that was game five yeah. for some reason. Oh, game no. One. No, game five, we got double killed in mid. That's right. That's what it was. We were neath mid, and then I still got roasted for going Hunter's mid in, like, season three when we told Zeno uh, to go Izanami mid. Right. And everyone was like, oh, why did you pick a Hunter mid? Like, that's so stupid. And then I just wanted to be like, we were supposed to play, like, an hourglass on the map. Like, Izanami... Like, back then, it was like, it was only pressure's mid, she insta-goes midwave, and we just invade buffs. Like, yep. through that way. We go through the pressure, and then we just kept getting soul lane. Yep. Forever. <laughs> so oh, we just it. let the Izanami, like, on an island or whatever, and just kind of let Xeno do whatever he wanted. I, uh, I will say that I know exactly the feeling, because I didn't play that many land games during my playing career, but I do, in our qualification to get to Worlds Season 2, we were, it was MLG Columbus, I was on Elevate, it was me... Brochacho, Chapo, Uzzy, and a guy named Catalyst. Um, and, or no, it was Puka. It was still Puka Bear at the time. Holy God. <laughs> we went to Worlds with Catalyst because we dropped Puka afterwards. Um, That's boxer. Listen, man, it's a business. You know how it goes. <laughs> uh, we go, we're going up against Paul's team. It was Shing, it was Shing, Paul, Freya, Soup Kitchen, and I forget their fifth. I can't remember who was playing support at the time. Maybe Freya was, but either way, um, we can't. We knew we were. We knew we were going to be good. We came in. We stomped our first round matchup. Then game. Then the net. Or maybe that was our. Maybe this was one. We just like knew we needed to win it. I don't remember exactly, but we stomped game one. We're feeling really good. We lose game two um, in a close one, and then game three. I had that exact same feeling. Like I just was so full of confidence. I knew we mm-hmm. were going to win. I knew we were better. And we had been the only team practicing Raw Mercury at that time. Season two on Xbox, no one played Raw. Oh. No one, because no one was hitting it. 
But yeah. I figured we figured out that if Chapo just th- throws them at me, I can hit it. <laughs> and no team could play around sustain at all because no one knew how to play against healers at that time. Um, yeah. So I was like, okay, we've been practicing it. We kept it super secret. Let's pull it out here. And I look at Andy and I go, all right, let's just pick Raw Merc. And they beat us game two with Sobeka Willix. That was like the meta at that time. Remember Sobeka <laughs> Willix was like huge in season two. They beat us with Sobeka Willix. And Andy was like, no, bro, we need to pick Sobeka Willix. We're going to win with that. And he and we haven't practiced it once. Chach, I love that guy to death, was not mechanically good enough to be playing Sobek <laughs> at that time. Okay? We hadn't practiced it once. We never played with the Willix. We never played Chach on Sobek. We suck, so, we suck Chach on Kepri every game mm-hmm. because it was just unmissable. And Chapo <laughs> looked at me in my eyes. I'll never forget this moment. He looked at me in my eyes, and he goes, if you pick me a Willix here... I will carry this game for us. And at that point, I can't say no, right? Like, I can't, yeah. I can't tell him that I don't believe in him. So we say yes. Oh, God. We pick a Willix Sobek. Chach misses every pluck that game. <laughs> Andy misses his Willix, pulls off Sobek twos because he doesn't know the timing. Uzzy gets soloed by Soup Kitchen Wave 1, and we lost. <laughs> and that team got a bye to the finals because they played against the EU team and they played against Envy in the finals and made like 20k a player or something like that. And we had to play against Envy in the open bracket because of it. And it haunts me to this very day. If you can tell. That is very hard. I've been in that situation several times where a teammate, like, you know what you should pick and ban or yep. your gut is just like leading you in one direction so hard. Yep. And then their guts leading them, leading them in the exact opposite direction. And you're like, I don't want to be that guy. Like, no one yep. wants to be that guy and pick some bands. They're just like, no, trust me. And then you're both being the no trust me guy. Yep. And, and one of you, it just says, okay, you take the reins. I'll trust you. And Listen, then, like, man. either way, like. So hard. It's a no-win situation. It, I, I regret it very much. Um, but if I were to go back and do it again, I would do it again. Because that's <laughs> it, it's just the right decision. You just got to trust your teammate. Mm-hmm. Chapo is our yep. best player. You got to give him the ball. That's that's what mm-hmm. you got to do. Um, okay, before we go, we're already a little bit over time, but this is, I'll, I'll repeat it at the end, but we will not have an episode next week because I am going on uh, vacation to the beach so that I can be less tilted. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so I won't be here, but we will have one for post-playoffs and all that kind of stuff. Um, Barra, mm-hmm. I've been doing a lot of snacking recently in mm-hmm. podcasts or in podcasts i read something from chat in in quarantine <laughs> and during podcasts you, still, you guys just don't see me sneaking away some snacks um what give me some of your favorite snacks you know you're it's late at night you're you're hungry your tummy's grumbling a little bit you're going to the pantry what are you hoping to find uh so i'm not a snacking guy but okay. one of my weirdest things that i will eat is just grits and oatmeal <laughs> what okay like okay i'm going to the pantry late at night and there is like two things of oatmeal like cinnamon oatmeal dog it'll <laughs> fill you up and you will feel great i promise dude what? Then, unbelievable okay and then for unhealthy snacks well uh-huh. not the oatmeal prepackaged whatever is uh-huh. healthy but for unhealthy, it's nerds rope. I will go to town on like 10 nerds ropes if they're in front of me. Like I cannot contain myself. And my dentist has told me several times, do not eat any candy like that. 
And if there's a nerd's rope in front of me, I will just devour nerd's rope. And then back to healthy snacks, apples and bananas. Okay. So any of those, it's in my snacking realm of I go to the pantry, I go outside the bedroom, and any of those I'm very happy to find. Okay. All right. Great. I should have known that. Maybe we should. Uh, I don't know if I should let you lead and get everyone upset, and then I, like, bring them back down to earth, or if I should lead, like, whatever. Uh, okay, Destiny's just lying. I've made my own oatmeal several times. <laughs> Multiple <Complete> times. <laughs> At least no less than three times have I made my own oatmeal. Destiny, Barra's girlfriend, also says, this man will eat one whole loaf of bread as a that snack. That's true. Listen, sometimes I do, like, I'll be like, hey, Joe, are you hungry? And she'll be like, no. I'll be like, okay, I'll grab a snack before dinner then. I'll eat, like, a full meal worth of food. And then she'll be like, aren't you going to be full? And I'm like, no. <laughs> what do you mean? This is just the pre-dinner <laughs> snack. Um, okay. Healthy snacks. You mentioned one of mine. Um, I love uh, apples, but I like cutting them up and putting peanut butter on them. Apples and peanut butter. S tier. S tier mm-hmm. snack. Little fatty, but very healthy, delicious. You'll be feeling good about yourself afterwards. A little bit sticky, though, on the fingers, I will say. You got to be worried about that. Um, Like, your fingers get sticky from the apple, from, like, the sugar in the apple juice. I have never had that happen. You're telling me when you, if you slice up an apple, your fingers don't get sticky from grabbing them. Never. You're superhuman. Okay, whatever, man. I can't argue with this. Uh, what do you? I'm sorry. This is like my fiance telling me that milk doesn't have a smell. Like, how am I supposed to counterplay this? There's no counterplay. It just does have a smell. Like, I, I don't know. But there's nothing else I can say. Anyways, that's a normal thing that apples are sticky. Yes, they're sugary. Like they're they're they've got sugar, and so it get. Uh, eh. <sighs> Among chips, okay. I'm a big chips guy. I love eating chips at all times. I've been to F. Dot's Chip Emporium many times, referencing the famous picture. Uh, recently, the Cape Cod sweet and spicy jalapeno chips. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Kettle cooked, I'm in. But among chips, get, get away from barbecue chips, all right, man? They just aren't good enough. We're talking salt and vinegar, we're talking sour cream and onion, and we're talking something spicy. I've been really into the spicy chips recently, but also, um, I do like... Uh, Sourdough pretzels as well. Sourdough pretzels is uh, is good. I go through phases where I love pretzels, and then I will just not eat pretzels for like five years. Dude, and I mean, they're then so good, and they have no fat, bro. Pretzels have no fat. Did you know that? That's that's an OP factor. No, I well, didn't or know very that. low, or very low fat. Like <laughs> in comparison to chips, like in comparison to chips, that's all I'm saying. Pretzels I'm are something pretzels are chip good. guy. Like I never go like I just eat chips. I, I just don't. Ooh, uh, Nihiler in the uh, in the chat says fat greater than sugar. That kind of it's like savory versus like sweet. Um, are you do you want like are you a guy who craves something sweet then if you're not a big fan of like the, the saltiness? Sometimes I don't know if you're asking me or that guy, but uh, yeah, sometimes we have me and Dustin have been going through a cheesecake kick. I don't know mm. if Destiny will include herself, but I have been going through a cheesecake kick. So sometimes late at night, I'll go to my freezer and get a little slice of frozen cheesecake. Frozen cheesecake, much better than refrigerated cheesecake, by the way. In case anyone has never had a frozen cheesecake slice before, way better. Okay. Just trust me. Just trust me. Ooh, kettle cooked salt and pepper chips. That's a, that's a great answer for sure. Those I love salt and pepper chips. Those are really good. Um, okay, that's going to do it for the podcast this week, everybody. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. As per usual, uh, as I mentioned, no episode next week. 
but um, we will be having one uh, whenever playoffs conclude, so we should have some really good um, talk then. Destiny defends herself and says, I have one piece, and John eats the rest of it, so John, maybe be a little bit more selfless with that cheesecake. Um, it's so good, man. Publix makes the greatest cheesecakes, by the way, so if you've never, if you have Publix near your chat, go get a bakery cheesecake out of the freezer or refrigerator that they have and just toss it in your freezer. And put it in your freezer, right. That's, yep. yeah, that's the way to do it, I guess. Um, <laughs> make sure you guys uh, are subscribed to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're part of the Predictions uh, Podcast Network. They've got a lot of great podcasts covering a whole wide range of esports, so I'm sure you'll be able to find something else that you watch and, and enjoy on there. So please give us a rating, all that kind of stuff. Uh, thanks for watching as per usual and we'll be seeing you in a little bit. We'll miss you. Bye. Bye. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.